Hello my friend, I'm Avi Caparas, host of The Decisive Life and founder of Ethics for Work and Life. And I'm honored to be your decision coach today to help you become a better person by making better decisions every day. I believe that we arrive at crossroads, we face dilemmas, we get at decision moments for a reason, and it is up to us to face them with serenity and courage and most of all, gratitude. How to rest body, mind, and spirit. These three come in a package. They must be in harmony for all of them to function well. What I will share with you are two things. First, what I believe in the interconnection of physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. And the second is what I practice in order to rest body, mind, and spirit. First of all, I am not a practitioner of holistic medicine. I am not a doctor, nurse, or psychotherapist. I am a simple natural believer that the body, mind, and spirit are different separate creations and they affect one another in distinctive ways. Not one exists in a vacuum. For instance, there was a year when I went for physical tests and laboratory exams and there was nothing wrong with my body, but since I was encountering some emotional problems, I felt weak and my resistance to sickness was low. The body's immune system is indeed influenced by the mental state. When the body is truly unwell and in pain, it is not easy to achieve calmness and the mind does not have the clarity to deal with problems. Here is when a person's spirituality can give the energy needed to do anything. A core researcher of mine whose name is Maruja Moragas, whose life story I translated from Spanish to English, was diagnosed with liver cancer when she was then 61 years old and given six months to live, and yet she was able to write her autobiography with extraordinary depth and maturity. On the other hand, I met a lady who, at around the age of 70, was almost always daily talking about how she would die soon, although she had no worse ailment. She died at the age of 90, and her loved ones thought she could have still worked on many projects for those years of waiting and wanting to die. So my friend Maruha was actually very sick, but her spirit was extraordinarily well. That she had that fighting spirit to battle the cancer that was consuming her body until she could finish all of her autobiography. And the other lady was actually well, but she was moving through time in a purposeless journey, just going through life, not doing anything significant, just wanting to encounter death at any time. Sometimes the body has no particular ailment, but the mind needs healing. Take the case of the mental state being affected by strong emotions such as fear or hatred. The body can be affected by our mind that our actions or movements or decisions are ruled strongly by our mind. It is said that we are what we think. For example, some people are controlled by fear and the sight of what they fear like an animal can make their body immobile. But I have not reached that stage, although I'm afraid of dogs or cats. But I can understand that really it can make people immobile. They cannot move because of so much fear. What about hatred? Someone says that hatred is like a cancer that also consumes the body. And even superhero movies can depict the enemies with body contortion or face distortion, showing how much hatred can affect the physical features of the body. Now, going back to the example of fear, it is possible that it can be diminished by a strong spiritual life. And for example, someone who is afraid of airplanes, thinking he would meet his death in a plane crash, can abandon his form of death to God. 
like whenever, wherever, and whatever way God will allow him to die. That spiritual conversion can minimize any fear, not only of a plane ride, but any form of travel outside the house. Another example of the power of the spiritual courage over mental fear is this. I remember a movie about the early Christian martyrs in Rome. It could be the movie 1951 film called Bodies. And there, I, I can remember the emperor getting really mad when after a show in the Colosseum, a show of the Christians being led to the lions. After that show, the emperor was going around and he was really mad to see the faces of martyrs and how they showed happy faces, smiling faces, after being bitten by the lions. In this regard, the body could be in pain, but the spirit is happy to know that the death was for a worthy cause. In contrast, some people might have all the amenities, the pleasures in life, no bodily pain at all, but they can feel an emptiness of spirit that they are not getting anywhere. They are still not happy. So what can I share with you as my proven strategies to rest and recreate body, mind, and spirit? What has worked for me is regular and constant separation from my usual task, working on the computer. The mealtimes are rest from the digital screen and reconnection with family and friends. And although I do not do this on a daily basis, I find time to relax through walking. Some Filipinos like me may not be used to walking. We have the tricycles or the jeepneys to bring us to short distances. It was only when I studied abroad that I got used to walking. In London, I would walk 32 minutes when I was doing my master's degree in the Imperial College. In other days of the week, when school was not my destination, it would take me 14 minutes walking from home to the underground station in Sloan Square. When I spent four years doing the doctoral degree in the SM Business School in Barcelona, I would always take the time to walk down the hill, and it would take me half an hour to reach home. And the sight of trees reduced significantly the stress of the doctoral studies and the conversations in different languages like Spanish and Catalan. Coming back to my country, even if I would take the jeepney and I would sense that the destination is near, I would clarify with fellow passengers or the driver and they would say like, wow, it's still four to five blocks away. But I would not mind walking anymore since I get more stressed sitting in the traffic and I already get that practice of walking. I would say that nature is my greatest therapist for all mind, body, and spiritual ailments. I like walking, especially during the golden hour before sunset, to appreciate and sometimes I take photos of the contrast between the shadows and the bright lights. I love sunsets or sunrise if there are opportunities to witness them, especially in out-of-town trips or long vacations. The sunset or the sunrise or basically the sun is a great democratizing factor. It shows itself to the poor and rich alike. In one Facebook photography group, someone remarked that the sunset photo was much better in a European country. But I disagree with that. I think the sunset is plain beauty by itself, and it can just be edited to make it look better, or you can take photos of it with better camera. But by itself, it is really beauty. Recently, I missed the sunset, but I was still able to take several photos of the lights. I shared that as an Instagram reel, and I got many likes. I took those sunset photos in one province here in the Philippines. Not all of nature relaxes me, and I think for you that's very important to know which does not give you rest. Strong winds make me recall the time that we got caught with strong winds in La Costa Brava, which is the Spanish coast. The owner of the motorboat that we rented sensed that strong winds were coming, 
So he drove us back to the shore in a very fast way that I could see the walls of waves at my left and right. You know, sometimes I think that then I was given another chance for life. And this is my second life. I still take the boat. I didn't have trauma, but I would rather wait for a lot of peace and calm to return to the sea to ride any boat. Another experience of strong winds was one day I was walking in the streets of London and the strong winds came. My friend who was used to it told me to hang on to a street post. And when I saw the movie Mary Poppins with her and nannies being blown away by the wind, I could say that it also happened to me almost. I almost got blown away by the wind. It's better to appreciate nature with others like family and friends. They don't have to be with you all the time, but they help you with tips on what to notice or what to focus on. I remember taking a road trip from England to Scotland with a Scottish friend, and along the way, she would tell us how the grass is literally, physically greener, and we will see it once we reach the borders. Of course, I was all prepped to see the greener grass, and my vision cooperated, such that I really agreed with her that the grass has a special kind of green once we reach Scotland. And here in this nature's sanctuary in the campus of the University of the Philippines, I have friends who share with me the love for birds and cats and dogs. And I normally don't like cats and dogs again, but I could live with them now. Last week, I went to my annual spiritual retreat. And for me, it's typically five days of silence where I and other participants get four half hours of meditation preached by a priest then there is Holy Mass, which is half an hour, and Benediction, which is a quarter of an hour. The rest, basically, is individual reflection. The day's activities finish at around 5.45, and from then on, we could go walking or swimming. I normally would walk around, but one day, I did accompany a friend while she was swimming. I was walking around the swimming pool to keep her company because there was an accident before with someone who was alone in the swimming pool. So we try our best among friends to accompany one another to make sure that no one was swimming alone. But I don't give time to spiritual exercises only once a year. I have daily practices to converse with God in prayer, which is half an hour in the morning and half an hour in the afternoon. Prayer keeps me grounded. It helps me find meaning in my daily existence. It gives me grace in any form of suffering, and it fills me with hope for the following day. For resting the mind, I turn to topics that are not related to work. It can be reading other books or listening to audiobooks. I like listening to the online courses of Professor Greenberg in audible.com. When my mind would race so quickly to my task for the entire week or month, then Professor Robert Greenberg's courses can easily shift my attention from my usual task to listen to his lively and oftentimes funny lectures interspersed with short examples of concert music. Other times, I get mental rest when I watch a Korean TV series and I get mentally transported to a different culture. On other days, I can be listening to podcasts of other educational topics. In all of these, one integrative rest is having sufficient sleep. Being deprived of sleep, the body and mind get lethargic and even my times for prayer can make me sleepy rather than conversant with my God. In contrast, having slept enough, like seven to eight hours, can give me physical energy better memory at work, and alertness in the moments of prayer and reflection time. Well, these are examples of my philosophy about and tips on resting my body, mind, and spirit. Fortunately, tomorrow I will take a two-day trip to the Shara Mountain Range just near here. It could be a one-hour or one-and-a-half-hour travel from here, and I will go with some friends. We will stay the night there and 
If you follow me in Instagram, you will be seeing the photos and the reels that I will be posting about the hiking trail, the summits, the sunset, the sunrise, the sea of clouds, and all the wonderful scenery there in that mountain range. Hopefully, it can encourage you to take your rest with nature. Okay, my friend, I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Decisive Life. If you liked it, take a screenshot of this podcast, share it, and the link to this episode to three of your friends today. Post it in social media and use the hashtag The Decisive Life. Until the next episode, my friend, be good. Be good.